Biologic is Biological Medicine's Digital Roundtable, brought to you by the doctors at Biologic Center for Optimum Health. Join us as we discuss the intrinsic logic of the body, as well as practical steps you can take to see and feel a real difference in your own. This is a Q&A about phages. First, I just kind of want to educate some of the, the basics of phage work, I'm sure. Uh, a lot of you have probably read my blogs and the article that we just published, but I want to put it in perspective for you to a large degree. You have a hundred trillion cells in the human body. Okay, look at your skin. Okay, that's cells, right? A hundred trillion cells in the human body. 90% of the cells that make up the human body, though, are bacteria. Think about that. And some of the, the bigger studies on the microbiome where they went to the aboriginal tribes and things like that, there were thousands of different types of bacteria that live in the human body, everywhere in the human body, not just your gut. And out of that, hundreds may be there that are potentially what we consider pathogenic bacteria. When I say that 90% of the cells, let's just say it wasn't 90%, let's just say it was 15% of, of the cells of your body are actual bacteria. That's still just a ton of bacteria. So, let's talk about viruses in your body. Let's talk about bacteriophages. That's why a lot of people are excited about what we're doing and why we're excited about what we're doing. In one milliliter of your saliva, there's 100 billion bacteriophages. These are viruses that do not affect your own cells. They can't affect you. They are specific to one of those type of bacteria that live in your body. Okay, we already know that the majority of your body, to listen to some people, you're a walking, talking bacterial soup, aren't you? Every single one of you, we're just a huge walking, talking soup, a, a mixture of all kinds of different infections. If we're gonna classify it as an infection, we are a walking, talking infection. So, where do you find typically bacteriophages? If you ever go to look at the, the companies, there's billions of dollars being invested in bacteriophages because antibiotics are not working like they used to. So billions of dollars are being invested to find bacteriophages from outside the body in the environment. Anybody in here know where they look? for these bacteriophages typically, other than my docs. <laughs> they look in places like sewage, manure, sewage treatment plants. What do you find in these places? Bacteria and lots of it, right? So they're trying to find a new kind of phage for each infection and introduce that phage to a Petri dish, ultimately, in a laboratory and see, let's say they culture your infection and they'd introduce these phages, these bacteriophages, I'm gonna shorten it to say phages from now on, 
But these phages are introduced into the Petri dish and they're gonna watch and essentially see, are they gonna kill this bacteria or not? And if it does kill it, then they're gonna put that phage into your body to go deal with that, okay? And it works to some degree. What's so interesting to me, and one of the first epiphanies that I made, and it just kind of hit me, I was like going, okay, where are there not bacteria? And where have we already established there's a world of bacteria in your body, in my body, right? I don't have to go to some manure pile. I got my own. <laughs> and each of those infections has been battling it out. Each type of bacteria, the strep bacteria, have been battling it out from the beginning of time against these bacteria phages. Now the phages need the bacteria like a parasitic relationship. The phages will land on the bacteria and inject its DNA into that bacteria, causing the bacteria to incorporate that code into its genetic engine and then the bacteria reproduces that type of phage over and over and over until essentially it breaks apart the bacteria. All those new phages, we call prophages, start going out into the body to find another strep bacteria. And they do it over and over and over again. Interestingly, we don't think of viruses as being alive because Science decided you're not alive if you can't self-replicate. But think about this, when the, when the phages are all over the place and they're in all the strep bacteria, they're killing as much as 40% of that, that bacteria population of strep in your body. 40% of it, almost half of it every single day is being killed by the phages. But the phages sense that if they keep killing beyond that 40%, Guess what happens? They, they send out a chemical messenger signal molecule that says to all the other phages of that type, stop. And this is where I come up with the concept of farming the bacteria. They're literally, you don't want to get rid of your breeding stock as a farmer. You don't just take all of your cows and your bull to market every time you decide you want to go to market. You take your, you take your excess, but you keep your breeding stock. Without the strep bacteria population, the phages themselves would die within four days. This battle isn't a new battle between the bacteria phage and the, and the bacteria. And over the millennia of time, bacteria have developed defense mechanisms against phages. You know, they produce different things the bacteria do to try to keep out the phages and not be so vulnerable to the phages. This battle is between, I'm gonna say, two living organisms. And this is one of the big things that keeps the induced native phage therapy that we developed different, completely unique. When you're dealing with phages and bacteria, and all you're doing is trying to get the phage to instead of farm their host, just eliminate their host completely. Now, I brought up a visual aid. And this is one ounce, one fluid ounce. I mean, if you tried, you could probably get about that much in a couple of spit 
straight into it, right? Remember, one milliliter of saliva has a hundred billion bacteriophages. They're not all the same kind. So for every kind of infection you can name, there is a phage that's unique to that type of bacteria. I don't have to put phages into you. I don't do it. I don't, I don't want to do it. This amount of saliva would contain a trillion, a trillion phages of all different kinds. They're the most dominant life form, if you're gonna call it a life form, on the planet. So you just gotta go, oh my gosh, where are phages not? Why are we going around looking for phages in sewage treatment plants? We, <laughs> we got our own phage factory right here. And my, again, the, the thing that hit me was, it's like, oh my gosh, what if you could activate the naturally occurring phages that are already in my body, that are already specific to that type of bacteria, and then cause them to what I call swarm, because that's what it seems like happens in the body. So what if we purposely figured out how to do it? The bacteria that are inside of the tick that bit you, or the mosquito that bit you, or the flea that bit you, or whatever bit you, or you got it from your, your wife or your husband during intercourse, or you swap spit, right? All these ways you can get Lyme, and a whole host of other things. They all entered the body already themselves infected with their own type of phage. And that's really it. Why, why go to a sewage treatment plant for phages? And that's what, thankfully, with the testing that I developed over the years, it took everything that I've learned over the last 30 years to figure out how to get this thing to work. It all just came together in one big epiphany. That is kind of its creation in a nutshell. Um, if you've read our peer-reviewed scientific journal article, you know, with the extended treatment, 92% of the people we tested that were initially positive, we were able to get negative. 92%. There is no mechanism known to man that would kill every single bacteria in four days. We did a four or five day treatment with Inducin then didn't give the patients any more treatment for Borrelia, waited 10 days, retested them, and they're negative, 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 negative. And then months later, retested uh, some of them. Negative, something like 88% of those people were still negative. I do wanna talk about Herxheimer reactions. Anybody here not heard of Herxheimer reactions? Okay, a Herxheimer reaction is really a worsening of your symptoms while you're under treatment with antibiotics and herbals. Well, guess what? They've, they've done the entire mapping of the Borrelia genome and there's no mechanism in it to make toxins. No endotoxins and no exotoxins. There's just no toxins. Some of the bacteria are damaged but not dead. And this Pac-Man we call a macrophage comes along and engulfs that live but dying bacteria. And that bacteria causes, once it's inside the macrophage, it causes the macrophage to start producing cytokines. Most cytokines are pro-inflammatory molecules. What does inflammation do? Well, the root word is flame, right? Damages tissues. So I just want you to be clear 
When you take the phage inducers, the phages, once they are swarming, they kill the bacteria so rapidly and so completely that under microscope, when you see it happen, it just goes like that. Literally just explodes the bacteria. Like, looks like you set off a little tiny grenade inside of the bacteria. So the immune cells are just progressively getting these progressively maybe dying, but damaged bacteria. So yeah, you're gonna feel like horrible. So the phage inducers are inducing your native phages to kill these bacteria almost instantaneously. So there's no cytokine, minimal cytokine that, that you're gonna have to fight. So you don't feel worse before you feel better. So I'll open up the floor to questions. Anybody have a question for me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay, so I was researching the phages. I'm always researching and fascinated by this and so glad that Facebook advertised to me. But one of the words that was given, and I don't think it was on any of your stuff, I think it was a different doctor I was listening to, and he said it's like finding a grain of sand in a bowl of soup to find a phage. Mm -hmm. So how, can you explain that process? Like, how do you do it? How do you? Everyone wants the secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so like, but, I mean, no, no, I get it. No, you have to, I mean, thankfully, if you knew the frequency of generalized phages, and then you could actually sequence frequencies to a specific type of phage. Like if I wanted Borrelia phage, I'd have to be able to format just for Borrelia and treat it just with a phage. Now I don't, you know, and, and it's an interesting question now two and a half years into it. Do I really care if I'm stimulating a Borrelia phage only, or is there maybe the room that your virome, which means you, I mean, that's like your, your microbiome is generally talked about with your bacteria, but the virome is the, the collective community of all the different viral particles in your body of all kinds. So if some secondary something that no one even knows will do this, will jump in on the game and kill this bacteria, fine. So that is kind of targeting a weak spot in the research because I can't, I don't have access to any kind of laboratory uh, high power microscopes that would say, okay, now I see phages of this specific type and we genetically sequenced it and they are the Borrelia phages, but I can see the effect and there is no other explanation to how you can get this effect. Like people say, well, maybe you're just killing the phages. And I'm like, no, the lab does quadruplicate testing for the actual bacteria as well. So where you had the infection to start with, and you don't have the phages, nor do you have the bacteria, we know that we're doing what we're doing. So that leads me to my next question. So you have the phage for the Borrelia burgdorferi. I don't have anything. You do, if I mean, you have Borrelia. Have, yes, yes, yes. But I mean, you figured out how to deal with them. No, to, call, to, to cause that bacteria, that bacteriophage, the Borrelia bacteriophage, to kill their host, oh. which is the Borrelia. Okay, so now, all the co-infections that, okay, my first question would be, every person that has Borrelia burgdorferi, is there such a thing as that them only having that? Because I just no. feel like every tick gives you more than one That's tick. what I've been okay. trying to communicate. Okay, You're so, a walking, yeah. talking soup. 
So what so, about the other things that we have? Like That's the beauty of coming here that nobody else will have. But the Inducin uh, LDRF formulation, if you go to phagencore.com and you go to our medicines, and you scroll down, you'll see a thing, what's actually being addressed in this formula. And it has a paragraph of every kind of Borrelia. So Borrelia miyamotoi, Borrelia asfeli, Borrelia duntani, I mean, just name them all. Garini, big one in neurological Lyme in Europe. And you sit there, but what if I only have one of those? Well, I can't induce a phage that doesn't exist in your body. And the phage inducer does nothing to your body. This is a cool thing about this concept if people will just get on board with it eventually, or when they get on board with it. You can have the worst immune system and still take this because we're not even using your immune system. I'm not stimulating it. I'm not trying to get it to work better. You know, I mean, sometimes the immune system is so hyped up that that's why you're reacting too to every treatment. So if you pretty much could say, the phage is a bully to your Borrelia, and you're just doing something to go in and put them in a bad mood. Yeah, I'm bully. turning them into assassins. Yeah. Inside your body that are, so the, the Inducent LD RF formula that I made, it has all the Borrelia, so 20 something different types of Borrelia. Each one of those types of Borrelia, by the way, have their own specific type of Borrelia phage. So it isn't like you could use the Borrelia burgdorferi phage That's to get, to go kill a Borrelia miyamotoi phage. I mean, bacteria. They won't cross. How do I know? Because we did the testing initially and we only would go one bacteria at a time and the person had Borrelia burgdorferi and then miyamotoi at the same time on the very first test. Well, since I invented this, I didn't know if I could combine two different in the same bottle, two different inducers, and would they not cancel each other out somehow, right? So I treat one at a time and do the test again. And that one that I treated is gone, but the one that's, that I haven't treated yet is still there, right? So that told me, guess what? The Borrelia burgdorferi phage, even though it effectively got rid of the Borrelia burgdorferi bacteria, didn't actually go and go just arbitrarily get the Miyamoto. And we've seen it time and time again, if we miss something. So your formula that has that big paragraph covers all these in the paragraph. Not only that, yes. Bartonella, all the different types of Bartonella. There's like over 20 of those. It's got all the Babesia in it. It's got the Ehrlichia in it. It's got, it's, it's just, <laughs> You know, and it was progressive over time to realize I was like, how much can still live inside the body? I, I say live, I'm, but you know what I mean. All the different frequencies, do they start canceling some out the more you add to the bottle or to the ampules that we have, right? No. And I've made this analogy even before making the inducer remedies over my career is like in this room, inside this very room are all kinds, we're in a soup of electromagnetic frequencies. And yet if I have a radio, especially the old kind, you know, where it kind of scrolls across, I can, I don't just spontaneously generate light 99 FM radio. It's already in here. I just tapped into it. 
How many gazillions of phone calls are in here, but they're not blending? Yeah, over time I figured out, it was like, you know, antibiotics sometimes probably get credit for curing because they killed something not even named. It was just something else in the body that, it wasn't the Lyme, it might've been something else, right? Because I'm sitting there going, how are they getting these dramatic improvements sometimes? And it was like, because it's broad spectrum. So I'm like, wow, man, yeah, I can test away exactly what type of strain you have with my testing. And I could be completely successful at that, but your symptom didn't change because it was actually yeast that was causing your problem, right? So now there's actually 10 or 12 different inducing formulas. So this is way beyond just Borrelia. Um, so now the inducing formulas, we have the mold formulas, we have SIBO, CFO. Everyone's heard of SIBO? That small intestinal bacterial overgrowth? Well, we combined it into CFO. Uh, but the CFO is for fungal overgrowth, you know, candida and stuff like that. Now, I want to be clear, when you go after things like mold and yeast, yes, you're going to have die-off, okay? Because it's toxic. There's different bacteria that have toxins, like Bartonella. It's a gram-negative bacteria. It is documented to have toxins. So if you kill that, yes, you're going to have a Herxheimer reaction from toxins. You kill yeast, guess what happens? Yeast like to hold on to heavy metals like aluminum. You kill a bunch of yeast all in one fell swoop of phages, guess what happens? You got all of those aluminum particles now swimming around in the body. You better mop it up really quickly with some detoxification protocols. Okay, so I'm not saying that there's no such thing as a Herxheimer. I'm saying with Lyme bacteria, the Borrelia, there's no toxin. So if you're feeling crappy on disulfiram or antibiotics, it could very well just be a reaction to the medication. Or it could be the, the cytokines that the medications are causing. Any other questions? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, you kind of answered it, but I should figure this again. So in terms of, of treating a particular infection uh, with phage therapy, and if that infection happens to have 20 different strains, right, like Lyme, I mean, is that all-encompassing? Is that possible to, to throw in all of the possible strains so that um, if one or two is missed in the testing, it's kind of, it will be with, there's no guessing. It's right. Just all taken care of. Right. It's like a, a cluster bomb, yeah. if you will, almost, you know, to where, but it's laser-guided cluster bombs. So I'm trying to get this broad spectrum like an antibiotic does, and all in one formula. So like with the GI formula, it's all the different things that would cause GI infections. For the res, it's everything that would cause upper respiratory tract infections. I mean, so it's got a huge paragraph of different types of microbes in that. And we beef them up sometimes, you know, if, we, if it doesn't work on somebody like the guy with the staff, you know, and we find, wow, your particular mutated thing or whatever you got is different in some way than the average person's, let's say, E. coli, then we can actually modify the next generation of that formula to address that. But yeah, because a lot of it, like I say, Lyme, I put everything into that one formula that I would typically at least see active in a, in a person that 
has been diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease or, or even acute. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I guess um, in college that would be um, through several deep layer testing procedures, new species are emerging from my testing. And I was just like, I'm thinking the gold standard could be one day to invent something that is everything and just, you know, I don't know if that's possible. No, it's not a new question. Yeah. I actually have one. I took it this morning myself because I was like, going, eh. Don't feel so good, but I don't really want to test for it, right? I just want to just go, eh, take something. Yes, sir. If you have a successful kind of combo inducer, do you think ideally maybe in the future people might get annual inducers, like nowadays people are given annual shots for things like flu, just so that even if they don't have symptoms, it might or they haven't, or if they do have symptoms, but again, like I'm sure most other people here, they've been going from doctor to doctor, wasting years of their life. They might not have to end up coming here, but like they could, if they could just get their annual. So the question is, yeah. yeah, so the question is, would you ever want a booster, essentially, periodically of these things? And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like if I'm gonna go out in the woods, I'm taking, inducing LDRF with me. If I'm gonna be in public, I'm gonna take the inducing res generally, you know, for respiratory tract stuff. If I'm going to a conference, I'm proactively taking the, the inducing res. Yeah, I can imagine that. And plus, even the mosquito scenario, where it's like, dude, there's so many ways to get infected. And I would say that if somebody initially gets well and then starts feeling bad again, either a different bug took control. You know, like I said, it's like, the cutting the head off the the one enables this other one to now take the top position. And then that's really kind of what we've been having to do. Why are macrophages called macrophages? Because they were named first. <laughs> I don't know. They're 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 just phage just means like phagocytosis, which is eating. Oh. So macro eater. He's a big okay. eater. Phage means eater. Okay. Yeah, so Even though a bacteria phage is a virus that Eats. But the actual phages are doing the like little needle thing. That's not even right. eating. They just got called that. So mycophages, M-Y-C-O, is a phage that will attack mold and fungus. So this is something we're working with now too. And um, virophages are virus, uh, viruses that go and kill another virus. Again, once you understand the concept behind what it is that we've created, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump and saying, hey, what if I could do, send it to go get a tapeworm? And out comes a tapeworm. Oh, one question. Yes, yes sir. Um, you mentioned a lot about antibiotics, which has uh, created resistance for bacteria. If a Lyme patient has been taking antibiotic for treatment, how long this uh, bacteria would be resistant to a new treatment? That's a great question. So the question, if I understand it, is, is there any immunity that what I'm giving you is the inducing remedies have? No. Okay, the energy of these remedies is so small, it just dissipates out of the body. I mean, your cell phone gives off ma several magnitudes stronger energy. And it's not just on or off energy, it's actually got frequencies going into your body. So that's one reason we know this is extremely safe. But the cool thing about this, and I've seen this over and over again, is if you get reinfected, because you got bitten by something, 
those bacteria have never seen an inducing remedy. I mean, that, those phages that, are, that entered your body with that bacteria have never seen an inducing remedy. So even though you don't have any of that residue of inducing still hovering somewhere in your body, and we know that to be a fact, you can take the inducing and again, it's gonna kill it. Ultimately, you want to not just kill bugs. And this is what I was trying to say with my four books on Lyme and chasing bugs and stuff is like, health is not the absence of infections. This is why antibiotics had worked for so long. Even though they didn't kill everything, your body should be able to take it over and keep you from getting sick. You know, like we see it all the time with husband and wife. The husband's healthy, the wife is sick. Or the wife is healthy, the husband's sick. But they both have the same infections. Why? Well, I, I, my whole challenge to myself early along was like, how do I create, what does the wife have that isn't sick that the husband doesn't have or vice versa, right? And what, what I need to give the body to bring that back. So I, I knew Dr. Lyda Matman, who's a Nobel um, nominee or laureate or something, uh, was a friend of mine before she died. And she said, David, there's, we've never seen somebody's blood completely clear of any kind of Borrelia, ever. Because this is unique. This is the first time in the history of medicine that we can, that anybody's documented 100% cure. So remission is a, it has nothing to do really with the absence of infection. Remission is you've driven it to a different presentation, but your symptoms are momentarily paused. But because you haven't killed all the infection, it will come back if you didn't fix that thing that the husband and wife the one has, the other one doesn't. So that's why we have these two-week programs of care, kind of, is, is to try to not just kill the infections, but to actually heal what enabled that infection to absolutely destroy your life and your physiology. Do you have any questions at all, last minute? Do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I was curious, how, you, how do you do the testing for bacteria uh, have phase you know, I mean, if you were to test and figure out that, oh yeah, there's no presence of Lyme at all, how, does, how is that testing done? With the, the lab testing, the Felix Borrelia phage testing is the only one sensitive enough to know that it's really gone. Okay. Yeah, good question. All right, well, thank you all for coming. Thank you. I hope it was informative. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. To access more information and resources from this episode and previous Biologic podcasts, or to learn how Biologic Center for Optimum Health's all-inclusive treatment program helps those with chronic illness, visit our website at biologicscenter.com.